Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I want to thank a listener, Lisa, for the suggestion of, of today's topic, which is grief and loss of a pet. You know, I'd been asked to do this show months ago when Tabasco died, but I did not think I could get through this podcast without some serious blubbering. And I knew you didn't want to listen to that. So, and I'm really hoping to spare you you of that today. But my guest today is Diane Pomerantz, and many of you, I'm sure, already know her. She's the author of nine books, seven of which are nonfiction about animals. She's an ardent animal lover and advocate who has rescued, rehabilitated, and adopted more than 46 dogs over the past decades. She's deeply involved with animal welfare and the environment. She's also a grief recovery specialist who helps people recover from grief over loss of any kind, but has a special interest in helping those who have lost a beloved animal companion to cope with and recover from their grief. Dr. Pomerantz created and established the Pet Grief Counseling Program for the SPCA of Texas in 2000, and it's a free service open to the public. And um, all the this time, I had no idea that the SPCA even had a grief counseling program. So, Diane, welcome to the show and start us off by, by telling us a little bit about what the SPCA offers to people. Thank you so much, Molly. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Uh, yes, the SPCA, we're going into our 21st year of having the Pet Grief Counseling Program, which I, following the death of my Alaskan Malamute lab mix, Caesar, created uh, and have been directing um, for the past almost 21 years. And it is free to the public. It's completely confidential, informal. Our groups meet uh, the first Saturday of every month at our uh, Dallas facility, 2400 Lone Star Drive in Dallas. And uh, it, our meetings begin at 1.30. And anyone who has experienced the loss of a beloved animal companion is welcome. And uh, we, we are not judgmental at all. And often people are really grieving desperately, but they're embarrassed or ashamed to uh, open up about the feelings that they have because friends, uh, so-called friends will tell them, well, it's only a cat, it's only a dog, yeah. only a horse. And uh, that is just so hurtful for someone that has had such a quality relationship with an animal companion. So we're, mm -hmm. we, we respond by phone, uh, usually within 24 hours, although now with COVID, things have altered a little bit because we're on overload. Uh, but we do respond, and uh, we're happy to talk to people and, and help them um, with resources and so on. And are you still doing those with, with COVID? I mean, for people listening to this podcast, you know, years down the line, years uh, down the line. <laughs> forgive us, but are you, yeah, are you still doing the, the in-group sessions? No, we are not. Okay. And, um, a lot of us at the SPCA are working remotely, as are so many people in other uh, areas 
yeah, it's just not really practical to be there. And then tears are shed and we have usually boxes of Kleenex on our conference table and it's just not a good environment at the present time. So we'd yeah. rather be safe than sorry. So how do you know, how does, how does one know when it's time for them to call a professional? It just depends, again, on the quality uh, of the relationship with the animal companion. And when the animal companion is no longer himself or herself, in other words, they're immobile, they're incontinent, uh, they're experienced virtually no quality of life, it is definitely time. Um, to call a counselor if they are able to and get some advice. Um, certainly their vets, uh, with whom I hope they have a close relationship, will be uh, brutally honest and say, you know what, I think it's time. Uh, you're doing the humane and compassionate thing by euthanizing your pet. Mm. So before the pet actually passes away, you should you should call and get plugged in to help. Yes. And a lot of people, of course, have been to the ER, the emergency hospital for animals and, you know, been going through the paces of trying to preserve and elongate that life. And um, they're already pretty familiar with how ill the pet is, but they want the reassurance uh, that they are doing the right thing for their pet. Yeah. And something you said to me, too, that really is, is stuck with me is, is you said, you know, grief is cumulative. Yes. And during this time when we're all dealing with COVID and, you know, a, a cumulative loss and, you know, that kind of thing, it's, it's particularly hard right now. It is. And keep in mind that cumulative is uh, referring to the losses that you had as a child mm -hmm. and, um, and in adolescence and in marriage, etc. cetera. Uh, and, um, you know, those that you've experienced financially and physically, illness or diagnosis of a disease, uh, you know, such as diabetes or heart disease and so on. And so, um, again, you know, we, we, we deflect as much loss as we can, but at some point that loss really becomes the straw that breaks the camel's back. And I know for me, it was my dog, Caesar. And mm -hmm. the died I had rescued him as a stray in a park in Los Angeles and uh, Caesar uh, when he died I had nursed him and socialized him etc and um, anyway uh, he when he died I was devastated beyond anything else and of course by that time I'd sustained so many losses uh, from moving from one city to another from one place to another um, I had survived my father's death, my mother's death, uh, just a, a dear friend died at 42 years old of AIDS. Uh, uh. So I had so many losses. And when Caesar died, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I broke down and I, I sobbed uncontrollably. I cried and cried and cried and could not stop. Everything was a reminder to me of how deeply I had loved Caesar and I would go to the bank or I would go to the supermarket or whatever it might be. And, uh, uh, you know, the way, uh, the pathways that I had gone in the park with Caesar, everything reminded me of him. And I, my soul was deeply hurt. Um, and I just didn't know where to go. So I read hundreds of books about grief, no exaggeration, from Elizabeth Kriebler-Roth uh, to some so-called animal grief experts 
And um, ultimately, I found uh, the grief recovery method, which is a methodology to help you cope with and recover from grief. And I read a book, which I really want to pass on to our listeners, and that's the Grief Recovery Handbook by John W. James, J-A-M-E-S, and Russell Friedman. And they have hmm. a profit organization called the Grief Recovery Institute. And no, it's not dedicated to uh, animal lovers and those who have lost a pet, but it certainly delineates what one might experience with grief, uh, the emotions, the uh, inability to sleep, the um, inability to focus and concentrate, uh, uh, just the combination of um, so many different emotions, one right after another, ranging from guilt to anger to frustration, um, to despair, to discouragement, uh, you know, and, and to guilt. There's so many uh, emotions attached to grief. And mm-hmm. we're, yeah, we're not socialized to deal with grief. Children are not taught how to cope with, you know, whether it's their parents separating or getting divorced and so on. And let no, we're lost. supposed to be strong and bucket up. Oh, exactly. And particularly men, boys and men. You know, this is long standing in the United States that pull yourself up by those bootstraps. Don't cry. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and yeah. you know, and you mentioned that one of the aspects of grief being being guilt, I would imagine there's a lot of survivor's guilt in that, too. Like, I should have done more. I could have done more. What if I'd have taken him to a different vet? What, you know, all of those things, too. You couldn't be more accurate. People who are the best parents, best pet parents in the world, um, think Oh, I coulda, shoulda, woulda done this. And hindsight is always 2020. In the moment, we are doing the very best we know how to do. If we could do better, don't you think we'd be doing better? We've done everything we can in our power to be a wonderful pet parent. And that's part of the experience of being a pet parent because uh, you are helpless. You did not create this creature, this beloved animal, and you are not responsible for his death, his or her death. They, in yeah. God's time, you know, it happens in God's time, just as I believe we have our own designated times to be born and to die. And loss is inevitable. It's an inevitable part of life. It is. It is. And and on the other side, the flip side of the coin, you know, we all see our friends on pace, Facebook posting that they lost their beloved pet. What what do you recommend that, that the rest of us say to someone, you know, if you say, Oh, I'm so sorry. It just sounds so trite. What, what's appropriate? Not if you mean it. Not if you mean it. And you do your best to listen rather than to speak. You know, just as you would for any deep loss, you would say, I am so very sorry to hear of your loss. I know how deeply you love um, Bonzo, but, um, you know, uh, this is a, a huge loss for you. And, and uh, I'm with you in any way I can help please let me help, allow me to be of help. And they can talk to their vets and get referrals for counselors that specialize in grief and particularly pet grief. So the counselor that specializes in grief per se is not necessarily the person you want to talk to about the loss of a pet. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily, they're not familiar. You know, if they don't, haven't had pets of their own, they don't get it. Right, right. And does the SPCA 
of Texas help people outside of Texas, or is it just the well, local residents? We help people all over the world. Our program is so unique, and I'm so proud of it. Um, you know, it's uh, we get calls from New Zealand and South Africa, Germany. We've had calls from just about every state in the country, if not every state. And these people Google, you know, grief and pet loss, and we're a one-of-a-kind program. And uh, it's so needed. It, it's such a wonderful service to provide because, again, in terms of social acceptance, people that love and are, are uh, in a serious, intense relationship uh, for whom the animal is a child, a family member, they don't know how to express their feelings without being judged. Uh, and, you know, people thinking, oh, they're crazy. How could they love an animal? They don't get it. You know, and they are, they may be well-intentioned, but they simply do not get it. Yeah, that's, it's, it's such a wonderful program. I, th- I think your next thing to put on your plate is how do we package this and share it with, with other shelters around the country, too, because it really is something everybody should be offering. Certainly, I have the, te- the template, uh, which has been copywritten since 2000, and um you know, I'd love to cooperate with other animal welfare organizations. I, I, the yeah. program is desperately needed. And what's really interesting is I found in my experience counseling thousands of people over the, the past 20-something years that they almost always adopt another cat, another dog, or multiple. Well, and yeah, and I was going to ask you, so what is the timing on that what do you recommend do you do you get another pet right away or how much time what's the appropriate amount of time you should wait you know it's really funny because everyone is different and uh i had a a very interesting phone call the other day from a gentleman who had lost his 11 and a half year old dog and um he immediately adopted another one because it just came into his life who was 11 months old and he had the profound belief that this animal had been sent by his dog that died and he embraced it and it made him so happy. He just felt they were connected and on and on for other people. They simply cannot um, accommodate the loss of the pet. And it's so devastating for them. I advise them to celebrate the life of the pet that's lost, honor it, remember it give a celebration of life service in which you go through the photos and remember the happy times and honor that animal for all the lessons, the wonderful lessons that they have provided you just by your living with them. And Mm -hmm. animals have so many virtues. They're, um, uh, they're graceful. They're stoic. They're, uh, unconditionally loving, they're loyal. Uh, the, it goes, the list goes on and on. And in illness, they're stoic, as I mentioned, and uh, often. And and um, they offer us life lessons of spontaneity, living in the moment, which is wonderful advice for all of us. Yeah. Save the day. Yeah. It, it, talk to me about the other pets in the household. Do the do the surviving cats know? that a, you know, another cat in the household has died or another pet in the household has died. And what can we do for them? Uh, pay more attention to them and discuss the death, the passing of the animal who passed. And just let them know. They understand us. You know that. Mm-hmm. They do. 
they understand us and they take their cues from us. And if you're grieving, they're grieving with you and in and of themselves because they miss their buddy, their playmate, their companion with whom they sleep at night. And so you want to acknowledge that animal even more so and say, you know, I, I really miss Buddy and uh, I know you do too. And, and I just, I'm so grateful to you for being here. And, uh, you know, just talk to them, hug them, indulge them with affection and you'll find that uh, they'll be responsive. And um, if you do introduce another pet, it'll take uh, as long as it takes for that animal to adjust. But I always recommend um, some time to grieve the other animal so that it's not just like you're moving on and that animal didn't really mean that much to you. It's the other animals know. They know how you treated that animal and how, if you love that animal, how deeply you love that animal, they get it. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. so with us. And it is so hard, especially with cats, to to bring another cat into the household at, at any time. And then you add on to it that they're already dealing with an immense amount of change because a, another pet has left the household and now things are different and people are acting different. And then you try to bring another pet in and that's just more change. And a lot of times it doesn't go well. Precisely. And animals, as we all know, are so sentient. And cats in particular, they're brilliant. They're just mm -hmm. so intelligent. And, you know, they're resourceful. But still, uh, they may have understood that their fellow kitten or cat uh, has been ill better than we do. You know, yeah. they get it. They know. Um, just they're, they're creatures of nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know intuitively, but they, they also know, you know, their sense of smell and and sound and things like that are so acute that they can pick up on a lot of those just tiny nuances physically that, that we would Absolutely. never. Absolutely. Yeah. So is there something that you would recommend for everyone to do when they lose a pet? Please take the time to cry. Uh, tears are cathartic. They're nothing to be ashamed of. And if you love this animal, that animal was deserving of your love and enriched and enhanced your life. So celebrate its life, as I mentioned. Honor that pet. Plant a shrub. Uh, plant a tree. Endow a tree at a, a church or retreat center. But some symbol of new growth and a reminder of that, uh, that being, that beautiful creature in your life. And, um, you know, I... If you like to write about it, just stream of consciousness. Write. Write a letter to God if you believe in God. And if you're angry, so be it. Those are your real feelings. And if you're frustrated and in denial, as I said, you know, go to your animal, local animal welfare organization and see if they have recommendations. Of course, there's so many resources. And I'll, I'll uh, if you don't mind, I will um, I'll list them for you. Um, yes, please. The Grief Recovery Institute, which I mentioned, nonprofit based in Bend, Oregon, and um, they have counselors um, that they can recommend to you in your particular area. They're an international organization. Uh, then there's the APLB, and um, this was created by Dr. Wallace Seif, S-I-F-E, Ph.D., and Dr. Seif was a psychologist, but when his dachshund died, um, 
uh, Edelmeister. He took <laughs> his practice around where I had a little dachshund named Edelmeister. He turned his <laughs> around and became one of the pioneering psychologists devoted to pet grief. And he's got an organization called the Association for Pet Loss and Bereavement. And they're based in New Jersey. And uh, they have counselors. They have chat rooms. They have uh, uh, um, conversations that you can join in on, counselors that you can chat with, etc. And they're a wonderful organization. And I highly recommend you get in touch with them. And, of course, Dr. Seif's book is called The Loss of a Pet. And that's wonderful. And... Um, you know, uh, they can visit my websites, uh, as a matter of fact, because I have quite a few articles about pet grief. Um, I have media appearances that I've done that pertain to pet grief. And if they go to drdianepomerance.com, they will find a lot of resources um, that they can read through and watch uh, and that will benefit them because I've done these appearances so that I could benefit uh, as many people as I possibly could. Yeah, and you've written quite a few books yourself, and those are all available on your site too, right? Yes, and and or Amazon.com is a great resource. I've written When Your Pet Dies for Children, which has an accompanying CD. Uh, And then I've written Finding Peace After the Loss of a Loved Animal Companion. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, that has an accompanying CD and lovely illustrations done by young people. Because I wanted people to know that it, this is, uh, there is no age attached to loving an animal. Although you will find that older people who are divorced, widowed, um, who have lived a long life and thus experienced many losses, benefit greatly from having a pet. And when they lose that pet, which is the anchor, the stability in their lives, they grieve more deeply. Mm, yeah, I would think so. And especially someone... You know, where it's a one-on-one pet relationship where... And it is for a lot of elders, a lot of... Yeah, stuff. yeah. It was it was particularly hard when I lost Tabasco because it was the first time I had ever had a cat die when I didn't have other cats in the house. Yes, yes, yes. And that's huge. And there's a huge void in your life when that happens. Yeah, thankfully, I, I foster frequently, so I... I was able to, I, I'm one of those that does believe in um, getting another one pretty quickly. That works best for me. And, uh, and I was able to, to foster right away. I wasn't ready. You know, I could feel I wasn't, I wasn't ready. And um, so I fostered quite a few and then, and then the right one showed up, which definitely I believe is a little Tabasco reincarnation. So we're, we're enjoying kittenhood. And that's certainly a possibility. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. These animals I... are so deeply attuned to us and they remain in our hearts and souls forever. And I also believe that they are spiritual beings. And I believe that they have souls. Many people ask me, do animals have souls? Well, according to me, absolutely they have souls. And yes. they continue to live on, not only in our hearts and minds, but spiritually. Absolutely. They're sentient beings just like the rest of us. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I want to, uh, I, I definitely want to have you back on the show because I want us to, to dedicate a, a whole episode on, on more of a spiritual, you know, when they die, where do they go? And also on end of life planning, like, you know, talking about the other way around. So we're talking about what do we do when we lose our pets, but what happens when our pets lose us? 
Excellent. And um, I'll give you a little hint about what I've done and what many people can do. do. Um, make an arrangement with your animal welfare organization and leave a legacy so that they will honor your and take care of your animals, the remaining animals, and um, for as long as they live um, in exchange for you bequeath, bequeathing your property, whatever that mm-hmm. might be, a donation, monetary donation, whatever it might be. Yep. I think it's the most worthy thing to start saving for today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely do. And and I, I have that set up in a, in a trust for, for taking care of any pets that survive me and, uh, and making yeah. sure that they're yep. well taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, Molly, my pleasure. And I hope this benefits a lot of people out there who are mourning the loss of a beloved animal companion. I'm sure it has. And you've given everybody lots of great resources today. So we absolutely appreciate that. And be sure to to go to Diane's website and uh, check out everything she has there. There's lots of great stuff there. And if any of our other listeners have questions like this, um, you feel free to email them to me, molly at cattalkradio.com. And um, we will definitely bring our our topic on on the air and bring other guests in like this that that can help you. So, if you are grieving today from the loss of a pet, you know, remember this other sad fact that shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats in the United States. So, we are definitely here at Cat Behavior Solutions doing work to help to keep cats in their homes and not in the shelters. So visit our website too, um, catbehaviorsolutions.org. There's lots of great resources there for you as well. So thanks for tuning in today. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. 
Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.